Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the show, episode 45 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I course, am Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me wonderfully, goddamn, I am running out of adverbs, is Brittany Page. Yeah, it's episode 45, and you already don't have words to describe me. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, we don't, this isn't a very advanced show technologically or intellectually. Mm. I mean, I'm sitting here with my mouth into a tin can connected to a string which is directly plugged into the into the tubes. I don't think anyone believes that. That's that is how we broadcast the show. It's like a progresso commercial in here. That is exactly what it is. It's yeah. a progresso a progresso progresso. Yeah, it's See, confusing. I can't even say words. It's confusing because it's progressive insurance, progresso soup. You would think that I would be more adroit at saying words since I've chosen to create a podcast. You'd think so. That is not the case. Why don't you get with the program? I am wildly, wildly stupid. Yeah. It's a bummer. It is a bummer for me, particularly. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This coming from the person who got angry while, <laughs> while watching Masters of Sex because a phone was ringing... <laughs> What one might consider off the hook, ringing, 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 and you got mad that the voicemail didn't pick up. The show takes place in like <laughs> 1957. Okay, I didn't say anything about voicemail. It's just that it was ringing a lot, and I got frustrated that it continued to ring. I didn't say anything about voicemail. Well, that is what you were thinking. It is mo. Listen. Don't try to fuck with me or the audience. I would I would very much discourage you from trying to fuck with the audience because they're smart and they know you and you were most certainly waiting for the voicemail or even answering machine to pick up. Okay, it would have been nice if the answering machine would have picked up. There was no such thing. Yeah. It's like, well, wh what the fuck? Why don't they just hang up and then text her? Jesus. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. Why are they calling the house phone? Can't they just pick up their cell phone and call? This this conversation we're having, folks, actually, this happened. Brittany really got mad and was getting <laughs> aggravated that this phone in the background was ringing and ringing and ringing, and the, the voicemail didn't pick up. Yeah, well, it was late, and I think it's very disrespectful to call a home and have the phone ring that many times when it's late at night, okay? <laughs> I yeah. was just thinking of the characters and having compassion for their situation. You are so empathetic. I know. Empathy just oozes out of you. I know. It's amazing. It's nice. I'm I'm very appreciative of the level of empathy that you have. It's it's quite remarkable. At the top of the show, I keep forgetting to fucking do this and I want I I want to get it out of the way so I I mentioned it. If and I'm talking to the audience here, not Brittany who's looking at me like I'm a fucking crazy person. If you're not listening, audience, if you're not listening to the entire show, one, you're, you're missing out, but I would have you for sure make sure that you catch the end of the show for sure. Because at the end of every single episode, I don't know if everybody knows this, we add a little little treat at the very end, right, right as the... Right when I get done saying, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this is I Doubt It. We play a little treat that we think has been funny or notable from the show as the credits are rolling. And if you're not listening to that, you're fucking missing out, because it's usually very funny. Yeah. I've talked about your dirty b-hole That's right. Before. That That's been a quote before. Episode 32. And yeah. I know that because... The sound clip is saved on my desktop on my computer. Because it was so memorable. Very, very memorable. <laughs> so anyway, if you're not listening to the whole show, you're missing out. But if you choose to make that decision, you definitely should lend, listen to the end at least. We are moving on. We have a giant show, a massive show. You would think that we don't for the fact that I've already wasted almost six minutes bullshitting about Britney's... Uh, lack of ability to understand technology and the time frame with which it developed and also how we do the show. But mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we have a lot of listener participation this week. Yeah, it was great. We Of all the things we talked about this week, what am I talking about this week? It's like every every two, two times a week. These past few days. The, the, how about that? So we... <laughs> Of all the things we talked about on our last episode, Ebola and fucking Richard Dumbass Dawkins, uh, we had a caller who expressed a little dismay. Kevin from San Antonio called in, and he had he took issue <laughs> with my movie talk. Of in of all the things, it was my movie talk that bothered him. Hey. Uh Guys, this is uh, Kevin Rodriguez from San Antonio, Texas, and uh, I'm a regular listener of your podcast. Um, excuse if I sound out of breath, or but I just heard your um, opinions about boyhood, about treat of life, about the master, and I just had to respond. This is quite funny that I respond. You know, you probably talked about you know Richard Dawkins. You talked about pedophiles, this down the third, but this is the thing I had to respond to. Anyways, um, 
I just wanted to say, I think you two do have a point. I think when the, the way current, the way um, it is in current, the way the film community is like currently, it's it's like, especially if you're a film critic, it's kind of looked down upon. If you like stuff like Marvel films or or like DC films and stuff, but I want to just preface this by saying that I think when it comes to entertainment mediums, you know, like video games, music, and movies, I think movies have the best balance in terms of art versus completely commercial art. Because in the summer, you have your summer blockbusters, and in the fall, you have your Oscar season winners. But you have the Oscar season. But anyways, uh, I don't think you're... I don't think... You know, you can't always just... If someone likes Boyhood, if someone likes um, Tree of Life, you can't just call them, you know, artsy-fartsy. Some people just might like it. So this goes out to Kevin. One... When I say artsy-fartsy, it is somewhat of uh, a term of endearment. Yeah, it's not negative, necessarily. Kind of. It kind of, kind of is. Not really, but kind of. And I guess the way I'm looking at uh, a movie, the way I watch a movie and the way I want a movie to be structured, is less, one, less special effects. The call went on for a while. Um, I just, I picked kind of the most apropos part of it to, to play and, and respond to. But I when I watch a movie, I'm more interested in story. The story, the narrative, the plot. And if you don't have that, like in Boyhood, there is no definable three-act kind of organization of the movie. It just kind of goes on. It just happens. This, you're fucking just watching it. That's, that's not what I'm going there for. So if the movie doesn't have a story i don't care if it's fucking transformers if it's teenage mutant ninja turtles or if it's guardians of the galaxy or if it's something more artsy you know out of a out of a studio like focus features or fox searchlight it 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 better have a story and a good story yeah so that that's where i was coming from well and also i think when you talk about artsy farsi there's a specific group of people that are really kind of up their own beholes. That, well, that yeah. With how artsy fartsy they are, and so I think you were speaking directly to individuals who are like that, that's right. and that's what he was talking about. Those kinds of people look down on the Marvel pictures, and th- that's the kind of person that you were talking about when you said artsy fartsy. Absolutely, it's not necessarily that they're artsy fartsy because I've got a lot of artist friends, whether they're artistic or actual artists, and they're artsy fartsy. But they're not necessarily, well, some of them maybe, but they're not up their own ass with how artistic and artsy they are. That's the difference. Yeah. For me. So I hope that uh, clears it up for you, Kevin. I think it's Kevin. And uh, we absolutely appreciate you calling in. If you, not you, Kevin, but you, audience. But Kevin can call in again. You can absolutely call or text in again. The number is 657 Four six four seventy six zero nine, and we would love to hear from you. So, in the spirit of continuing with audience participation, someone well, I'll I'll preface this by saying Brittany and I both are Yelp nerd turds. 
We are. We are. Yelp.com is a review site where I'm sure everybody already fucking knows this, but is a review site where you can review restaurants or doctor's offices or fucking whatever. And we use it a lot, I would say religiously, which is a funny enough segue because that is kind of where this starts. Yeah, I received a message from someone, a male friend on Yelp that I've never met before. A lot of the people on Yelp are people you've not met before. Right, it's, kind not ne- of... it's not necessarily like Facebook where they're your friends. They just, they follow your reviews. Yeah, it's like a community of people that want to read your reviews and you want to participate with them. So, you know, I was nervous when I read the message because usually it's, um, you know, people that are trying to scam on me. Well, that, Brittany... Hates the fact that Yelp has devolved in many ways into a a weird dating site where dudes troll women for dates. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite... And it happens all the time with Brittany. But it's quite a problem for a lot of women, too. I've seen people talk about it. Yeah. But this person messaged me to witness to me. Antho L. on Yelp. Um, he had heard about the podcast Mm -hmm. and asked me what it was about. So I told him what it was about, told him to check it out. And then next thing I know, I get a message from him. Dying, dying to hear it. Letting me know that he was a Christian. Mm. He says, don't know if you realize, but I am a Christian, which is definitely different from being religious. As you guys had mentioned in your podcast, I had a Catholic upbringing as a child. Although Catholicism was instrumental in teaching me the fundamentals of Christianity, I wanted something more in my life that Catholicism just wasn't fulfilling for me. I eventually developed a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ and actually had a supernatural experience which transcends any mental ascent or reasoning, which is what most religions are limited to. To me, religion is man's attempt at reaching and finding God. Christianity, on the other hand, is God reaching out to man through his son, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So there you go. And I responded, said, thanks for that. Thanks for checking out the podcast. The great thing about this podcast is that religious people and non-religious people can both listen and enjoy the podcast. Absolutely. Because it's true. We have... You know, many people of different faiths that listen to the podcast, not just atheists and people who, you know, have disdain for religion or whatever. And, you know, I tried to be very... Well, you were gracious, I think. Yeah. And he responded. Well, and I also included that you and I were formerly Christians. Oh, right. Yeah. Of course. And he responded and said, I don't think either one of you were actually ever truly Christians from a spiritual sense, because that's something you can't ever change. Again, just want to... Did he provide any evidence for that's not... You can't change once you're a Christian? He did not. Okay. He went on to say, just want to make a correction. I am not religious. Religion is man taking actions, following rules, and performing rituals. It's action-oriented. As a Christian, I am. It's a state of being. Hope that helps. <laughs> like he's giving me a lesson in Christianity, which is very nice of him. I, I do appreciate it. Because um, well, so I think you need it. There's you're always even. yeah. There's always something to learn. And you know, I said Christianity is a religion. You subscribe to that religion. Yeah. That makes you a religious person. If you look at the definition of Christian in Merriam-Webster, this is the definition. One who professes belief in the teachings of Jesus Christ. 
plainly stated and no need for semantics. And that's, I think, what he's engaging in is, is, is a semantics argument. Well, because yes. he has some esoteric understanding of what religion is. And he's not, oh, it's not religion. He, he's subscribing to the Jefferson Bethke. The Jefferson Bethke, you know, the guy who made the the Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus video. Yeah. Which, by the way, Antho, you should check out my video response to Jefferson Bethke and his video, Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus. And I responded with a video called Why I Hate Religion, period. Did I say why I love religion? But I think it's why I hate religion, period. Yeah, I don't know whether... <laughs> Whether I, but my video, nevertheless, my video is why I hate religion. Period. If you search that and Dollamore, D O L L E M O R E, you will see my response, and you can actually go to my YouTube channel and check out some of the other videos I've I've made related to Christianity. Even the proof that the Christian God doesn't exist video would be would be. Yeah, but here's the thing: I don't think that Antho would really care about any of that because he he responded to me i barely care about it anthos so. yeah he responded to me and said just trying to educate you since you aren't a christian you have no idea what the difference is that's all it's obvious by your attitude toward christianity but that's okay because i understand since you don't have the spiritual illumination to know the difference mm. so this is you know, an interesting thing that always happens between religious people and non-religious people. Very common. It's very common yeah. for them to say, well, you were never a Christian. That's evident because you don't you don't believe in Jesus Christ now and right. you, you would always be his his child. And it's also common for them to say that you don't understand Christianity, period, because you're not a Christian. It's almost like a form of the white privilege argument. Yeah. That you can't understand something unless you're actively a part of it or actively involved in it. Right. Even if you were once involved in it for a long time. Right. Which, for, for, for the record, Antho, I was actively involved in Christianity. I was... In I was in a music group that toured, and we we did we had gigs, and it was a music. You were on. spreading the gospel. I, I did street witnessing. I went with my best friend Brett, who friend of the show, <laughs> and we witnessed to people on the street. I have cried, I have cried buckets of tears while describing Jesus' love for mankind that he died on a cross that he selflessly gave his own life that i might be saved i've done all that i believe with all of my heart that jesus christ was my lord and savior if yelp had been around back then you would have been sending me a message witnessing to me Th on Yelp. that is exactly right although i don't know that i would have said you were never a christian I think it's very arrogant to say. It's presumptuous. Super presumptuous, but I would go as far as to say arrogant to presuppose that I, that someone I've never met who claims they were a Christian to deny that. Yeah, when you know nothing about the person. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's it's not necessarily something that's uncommon, like I said. It's super common for a Christian to procra proclaim that. And it's, uh, you know, I don't like using this word. And Antho, if you go back through our anthology, <laughs> you'll see that 
I'm not a fan of using that word offensive, but it's on the verge of being offensive, which doesn't really mean anything, but it's bothersome. Yeah. It's aggravating. That would be the word so for So you it. might want to, Antho, you might want to um, soften that type of language when speaking to someone who is irreligious because it's uh, it's shitty. Well, especially if you're trying to convert them. Yeah, and it also serves no purpose. Yeah, it serves no purpose. It immediately... Hardens someone's heart. It, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, Antho, I'm still cool with him. I appreciate his shout-out. I appreciate him checking out the podcast. This is in no way to demean him or any of that. You know, he opened up a dialogue with me regarding his faith. Sure. So... Well, it's this is more of a public service announcement. Yes. You know, the more you know... <laughs> for future people that want to witness to me on Yelp, I guess. That's right, yeah. So we're going to move on from that, and we got a follow-up to talk about. Mary's Gourmet Diner in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, apparently <laughs> uh, is not offering that famed or infamous 15% discount anymore. Yeah, they put a sign out in front of their restaurant, which read... We at Mary's value the support of all our fellow Americans. While you may exercise your right of religious freedom at this restaurant by praying over your meal to any entity or non-entity, we must protect your freedom from religion in a public place. We are no longer issuing the 15% pray in public discount. It is illegal and we are being threatened by lawsuits. We apologize to our community for any offense this discount has incurred. I've got a couple things to say. One is they appreciate the support of all their fellow Americans. Do no foreigners eat there? What the fuck? Yeah. They just, yeah, fuck them. Only Americans. And then as shitty as that joke was, I'm moving on to talk about how um, I don't know that it's illegal. I think it's shitty and it's stupid. But I think to go as far as to say it's illegal is is wrong. Well, because it's a private business. It's her own restaurant. Right. And they can offer whatever kind of discount they want. Yeah. If if they want to offer the red hair discount and, oh, your your meal is free today, then they can fucking do that. Yeah. It, and whoever is threatening lawsuits, do they say... Well, here we was. go. Freedom from Religion Foundation. They began hearing complaints uh. about the discount from the state and national members. And so the staff attorney at the Freedom from Religion Foundation wrote a letter to the diner's owner, Mary, and said, quote, as a place of public accommodation, it is illegal for Mary's... Go gourmet diner to discriminate or show favoritism on the basis of religion your restaurant's restrictive promotional practice favors religious customers and denies customers who do not pray and non-believers the right to quote full and equal enjoyment of mary's gourmet diner well that is for, here's listen it's another it's another instance of asshole atheists we talked about it i think on our very first episode about the American Humanist Association of Riverside County taking away people's ability to put up makeshift roadside memorials. Yeah. Which is part of a, a grieving process. Maybe not necessarily specifically the memorials, but it, it's part of someone's grieving. Leave them the fuck alone. And it's the same thing with this. She is an American small business owner who is attempting to, to provide for her family and to provide for others, her employees' families, 
And if she sees fit to give a discount to whomever, I don't care if it's Black People Friday and she's giving 15% off, that's her fucking choice to lose money any way she sees fit. Yeah, I definitely agree with it, too, because as an atheist, I wouldn't feel like I'm being discriminated against if someone prayed publicly and got a discount. I would just think, oh, yeah, these kind of uh, goofballs are getting special discounts for praying, and that's fine. They don't talk about whether or not they test the veracity of the prayer. They don't like, oh, well, we listened to your public prayer, and we don't feel like it was serious. If if all I have to do to get 15% is... Lord, we come we come to you today in all earnestness. We want to thank you for these food. We appreciate all that is given, all of our blessings. We want to have you bless the hands that prepared this food and and follow us throughout our day, Lord, to, to watch over us and all of our loved ones and help us out with uh, Gaza and fucking Israel. That would be great, too. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If that's all I have to do to get 15% off, I'm going to be praying to my heart's content. So they're not, the freedom from religion people are not precluded from this discount. All they have to do is pray in public. Yeah, there was apparently another restaurant that did this lost Cajun kitchen in Pennsylvania. Mm. And they were offering discounts in 2012 to individuals who brought in a church bulletin on Sundays. After complaints, the restaurant was forced to give the discount to anyone with a bulletin from any congregation, including atheist ones. Atheist congregations. Again, fuck. Here's the deal. One, I don't know how good a Cajun restaurant in Pennsylvania can be. But two, that sounds like like ladies night in a bar that's just that's a measure that's a mechanism to try to get that audience into your establishment yeah that customer base yeah who cares let that business owner run their business how they see fit as long as they're not precluding like gays or blacks yeah or or oh no no mexicans yeah, there wasn't a sign out in front of Mary's Gourmet Diner that said no atheists allowed on this premises. Atheists could be there. It's just they offered this secret discount. And uh, the owner actually said as well that the wait staff was told to use discretion when giving the discount. So they kind of would pick and choose who they thought they could give it to that sure. might keep it under wraps, I'm assuming. Well, if I'm if I'm giving advice to Mary and her delicious gourmet diner, it would be this. Continue with the discount, but don't put it on the fucking receipt. Yeah. <laughs> just do it on the sly. It's like charity. You should do it in secret. Yeah. So just give one of the meals for free or whatever's going to equal that amount. You know, yeah. oh, don't charge them for their drinks. Make it, a, make it a mistake. Yeah. And then they can go on their day. Don't be so overt. Yeah, they could, you know, fuck. Anyway, for what it's worth, that is it. In other... Far, far, far more serious news. Uh, the Ebola epidemic continues. It does continue. God damn. And we just have geniuses from all over the globe weighing in. All over the globe. Rick Wiles, uh, radio host with True News. True News. Yeah, True News is the world's leading news source that reports, analyzes, and comments on global events and trends with a conservative Christian worldview. 
We believe Christians need and deserve their own global news network to keep the worldwide church informed and to offer Christians a positive alternative to the anti-Christian bigotry of the mainstream news media. Well, if that's from the website. It is. For the record. Uh, if there's any... No, that was just me pimping the, the site. <laughs> I'm super excited about True News. If, if, there's, if there's anything that Rick Wiles knows, it's about bigotry. <laughs> God damn. So I tell you what, there's there's really no way to introduce the clip other than to play it. You know, this Ebola epidemic could become a global pandemic, and that's another name for plague. It may be the great attitude adjustment that I believe is coming. Ebola could solve America's problems with atheism. Homosexuality, sexual promiscuity, pornography, and abortion. If Ebola becomes a global plague, you better make sure the blood of Jesus is upon you. You better make sure you've been marked by the angels so that you're protected by God. If not, you may be a candidate to meet the Grim Reaper. Three things. Yikes. Yeah, well, that's four things if yikes is one of them. Um, one is, I don't think it's scripturally sound to believe in the Grim Reaper, dick, <laughs> dick face. Did we even mention this is Rick Wiles? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, two, um, Ebola is a, is a disease that is transferred through bodily fluid. So I don't know if I want to be covered in someone's blood. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, and three, I'm on three, right? Yes. <laughs> um, he thinks that Ebola, the Ebola pandemic, or the possible Ebola pandemic, is going to solve, it's going to solve America's problems with atheism and homosexuality. I wasn't aware, I didn't get the fucking memo, that we had a problem with homosexuality. With those two incredibly small minority groups. Right. It's a problem. Yeah. That needs to be solved by death and disease, pestilence, and destruction. Torture. Yeah. it's That sounds very loving and not bigoted in the slightest. Yeah, it sounds really logical as well. So Rick Wiles, if you're listening... Uh, I got a little CeeLo for you. Perfect. <laughs> it works. Yeah, it does. Fuck. Yeah, he's he's kind of a nutter. He also has... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I don't think you're doing it justice. He is not kind of a nutter. He's full-fledged president of the fucking nutter club. Okay, that's true. <laughs> he also um, said something about Miley Cyrus, that she had sold her soul to Satan and had sex with a demon in exchange for fame. I don't know where he's getting all this inside information, but I think that he has a hookup somewhere. Well, there's a couple things wrong with that statement. One is that he's talking about Miley Cyrus at all. Uh, two is, I don't think that a soul is a real thing. So she got a bargain if she got if she got famous for selling something that doesn't exist to something that doesn't exist. That's the ultimate Craigslist scam right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, hey, I'm here to buy your futon. Oh, there's no futon, but I'm going to take your money anyway. Yeah, I also love how he <laughs> is assuming that Ebola is going to selectively take people out. It's only these two people that are hospitalized in America. Are they gay, atheist, have had abortions, sexually mm-hmm. promiscuous? Are yeah, these, yeah. Are, do they fall into those categories? Fuck. I'd love to have him on the show to answer. Or if... uh <laughs> This genius, he should have me on his show, but again, it's he's not a guy who wants a divergent opinion. He's a guy with the bully pulpit that is the microphone who wants to rail and bitch and complain without any debate. Yeah. Fuck him. So he isn't the only one that's saying completely obnoxious things about Ebola and the Ebola patients. Ann Coulter. Ugh, of course. Donald Trump. Long neck McGee and big hair Magoo. Dr. Ben Carlson. Ugh, again, another one. He's another guy that doesn't make any sense to me because he is a doctor. He's a scientist. He He's a man of science and healing. He's a retired neurosurgeon. Yeah, he's he is no dummy. No. And people are propping him up as someone that they want to run for president because he's one of the few black Republicans, at least notable. And uh, he's he's a nutter. Yeah, he's he's being critical of bringing the infected missionaries back home to the U.S. to be treated. And, you know, we had talked about that on the last podcast with the statement from the head nurse of Emory stating why they brought these patients back to the U.S., that it's our responsibility, they're Americans, they have the best chance of surviving here. It's the Absolutely. right thing to do. And more importantly... They are Americans. Bring them home. Yeah. So the two patients are Dr. Kent Brantley and Nancy Wrightbull. Those are the two people that were infected with Mm -hmm. Ebola. And Ann Coulter has criticized them, questioning why the missionaries were working in, quote, disease-ridden cesspools of Africa. So Ann Coulter is a very kind-hearted woman, in case we didn't all know. Yeah, she's... Why are you over there helping people, missionaries? She is a fucking human pothole. She is the worst among us. I mean, if if you can imagine a terrible person who says terrible things and holds terrible ideologies, it's Ann Coulter. She goes on to say, quote, If Dr. Brantley had practiced at Cedars-Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles and turned one single Hollywood power broker to Christ, he would have done more good for the entire world than anything he could accomplish in a century spent in Liberia. I don't know if that's anti-Semitic or not, (laughs) being that the stereotype is that most Hollywood power brokers are Jews. Yeah. But she is a shitty shitty person yeah and what did uh his hairness have to say yeah so donald trump uh kind of went on a twitter rampage regarding this issue and you know he's wildly educated in the medical sphere so why wouldn't we all take him seriously that's right man of science donald trump says he says ebola patient will be brought to the u.s in a few days now i know for sure that our leaders are incompetent keep them out of here He goes on to say, stop the Ebola patients from entering the U.S. Treat them at the highest level over there. The United States has enough problems. The U.S. cannot allow Ebola-infected people back. People that go to faraway places to help out are great, but must suffer the consequences. Suffer the consequences 
of helping those less fortunate and who are in need. Goddamn. What a complete and utter waste of fucking skin. He, that dude is breathing in voluminous amounts of oxygen that I could be breathing right now. It's it's a terrible waste. So this is for Rick Wiles and anyone else that's curious. The two American patient missionaries that were infected with Ebola are both from evangelical Christian organizations. Yeah. Dr. Brantley, the one that Ann Coulter was talking badly about, mm -hmm. he's from Samaritan's Purse. It's a non-denominational evangelical Christian international relief organization. And Nancy Reitbull, the other missionary mm -hmm. that was infected, is from Service and Mission. And it's, you know... Another religious-based charity organization. Yeah, it says partnering churches worldwide to evangelize, minister to human need, discipline, and equip churches for Christ's great mission. So it's right. very... You know, he's Rick Wiles is saying that Ebola is going to wipe out atheist homosexuality. It could be the blessing. Well, the two people that got infected were the two Americans. The two Americans that got infected were Christians. Yeah. That are over there to spread the gospel. So your logic isn't working right here off the bat. Well, it's because he's a dirty fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could say that, I guess. Yeah, so I did. I just did. And, you know, related to Ebola, um, longtime listener of the show. Evan, he had this to say, that it's always the gays that get blamed for natural disasters. It's never mixed linen or disobedient children or foreskins. Weird, huh? And it's it's super appropriate because there are many admonishments in the Bible. You can't mix your fabrics, you know, silk and linen shirts. That's, that's an abomination <laughs> in the Bible. Um, you know, you can kill your child who... He who doesn't honor his mother or father needs to be murdered outside the gates of the city by stoning. There are these terrible things, and it's it's always the gays that get the brunt. So we appreciate that, Evan. It was good. Uh, so we're going to move on. Uh, I don't know if, if you've heard that we're sticking kind of with, with the Africa thing, um, but an Oklahoma missionary teen, a teenager, I think he's 19, so he's, he's a man, He's not like a 13-year-old. Has been indicted after he got back to the United States for raping several African orphans, one of which has AIDS. Or he's HIV positive. Yeah, his name is Matthew Lane Durham, and he is 19 years old, like you said. And he allegedly admitted to raping several uh, children at a Kenyan orphanage. He told his friend that he was possessed by a demon named Luke who made him commit the atrocious acts. Apparently, he apparently the demon is named Luke because he named the demon Luke. Yeah, he <laughs> the prosecutors submitted text messages that he had sent to a friend about Luke and the control the demon had over him. He says, quote, how can I not hate this thing inside of me? It takes me at night and I am powerless over what Luke wants. Yes, I named him. I know how crazy that is. He whispers in my ear all day and he's so hard to resist. It's sad. I mean, it's really sad. Well, it's sad. I'm this. He needs to go to prison for the rest of his life. So I'll, I'll get that out of the way right away. That he absolutely is an abhorrent person because he committed these acts, these atrocious, horrendous atrocities against 
the most innocent among us. They're economically dis disadvantaged. They're socially disadvantaged. They're fucking geographically disadvantaged. Yeah, they're in a Kenyan orphanage. Right. It, it's they, it's the, the it's a bummer. Everything about their existence is a bummer. Yeah. So in response to the text message that he had sent, his friend advised him to pray and laugh in the face of the demon. So I'll just stop right there. If someone is texting you, telling you that they are being told to do things by a demon and they have no control and they can't resist this demon, you don't tell them to pray and laugh in the demon's face. You say, you have a serious mental health issue. That's I'm going right. to call somebody that's right. going to do something about this. Right. And you need to tell somebody immediately. That's the bummer. And this is maybe Anthos still listening if he didn't already turn off the show because we're not talking about him anymore. But that's the problem with religion is it allows someone to compartmentalize their horrible behavior and chalk it up to it's a demon. It, there's no demon. You raped a child. You forced a child to, have, to, to give you oral sex. And you anally and vaginally penetrated young men and women. You are a terrible person who made the decision whether or not you have a compulsion or some genetic predilection toward this. You know right from wrong. As a Christian, because you have uh, objective morality, you should know more than anyone else what's right and wrong. So shouldn't you be held to a higher standard? Well, and that's what's upsetting about how he was telling his friend, like I had said, yeah. that he had these impulses, and his friend just said, well, pray and laugh in the face of the demon. I mean, who would react that way? It's fucking, it's absurd. And I don't know, does it say that he was telling the friend that he was actually going through with this? It doesn't get into that detail. Yeah. He just said he's powerless I'm sure when it comes to the demon. I'm sure the details will come out in the trial. But this kid is completely fucked, no pun intended. He's This kid's going to prison. Yeah, the teen allegedly confessed to raping and molesting as many as 10 underprivileged Kenyan girls and boys, ages 4 to 10, while doing his missionary work. And like you said, one of the children is HIV positive. The judge said you're going to be on a 24-hour lockdown, and he set bail at $10,000, giving custody to the young man's father. And he also had to give up his passport, and we'll see how this goes. Like those poor kids don't have enough to fucking deal with than some ostensibly rich, white, male, Christian, American going over and fucking using them as a play toy. He's, he's a worthless, worthless piece of shit. And I hope he gets what's coming to him. So... Sticking with Oklahoma, uh, yikes, pantless and drunk, a teacher shows up for her first day of work at her brand new job, shit hammered drunk. Yeah, you think this was a Florida Files, but it's not. <laughs> Lori Ann Hill is the name of the teacher, mm -hmm. and Oklahoma police say that the Wagner Public Schools teacher allegedly showed up to the job on Monday drunk and then removed her pants. Police fielded a 9 a.m. call from the school officials who had found Hill, quote, in a room kind of disoriented, per the chief of police report. 
By the time police arrived, she was in the principal's office and wearing shorts that the school officials had found her to wear. You know, kind of like when you're a kid and you wet your pants at school and they give you like pants to wear. Do you think that's what happened? You think she got so drunk she pissed her pants? No, I'm. I'm. She oh, no, didn't. No, I know. I know what you're saying. She didn't have her pants on, and they gave her shorts to wear. She was so far removed from her pants that she couldn't find them. I mean, apparently they had to give her some shorts. That is what one might refer to as drunk as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So police questioned her, and they say the 49-year-old told them she had been drinking vodka. A lot, and by looking at the lady. It would probably take a quart of vodka to make her drunk. They found an empty cup in her car, but no DUI charges will be brought against her because there are no, quote, credible witnesses who may have seen her drink at home and then drive. She was a new hire with the school's special education department and has been arrested for public intoxication on what was the first day teachers were reporting for duty, so students weren't in class right, at the time. Right. Well, there's a lot of talk. I've watched a lot of uh, news interviews, and they've they've talked to you know man on the street type of interviews, and people are calling for her head and her license, and I don't. I think that goes a little far. I think she should for sure be suspended for you know the, the school year or something, but or maybe not even the whole school year. She showed up drunk at work. It's shitty. She should you know not lose her license. Maybe the school should fire her, and she shouldn't work at that school because if you you know, if I'm if I'm a, an auto mechanic and I show up at my first day of the job drunk as shit, I should get fired from my job, but I should not be allowed to be a, an auto mechanic for the rest of my life. I just hope that she takes this seriously. And she's suffering life consequences. It's a sign of, of addiction, of alcoholism. Yeah, it's affecting her job now, and that would be a sign of addiction. So hopefully she realizes that or, or someone you know, through her charge of public intoxication will get her into some kind of alcohol program. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to make fun. It's easy to make light because it's a, it's a humorous situation, but there are serious implications to it. And for sure, this woman needs, needs help and, and I hope she gets it. And next time she arrives at school, hopefully she has her pants. What are you going to do? <laughs> Sometimes it's just hard to wear pants. I'm not wearing pants right now. Yeah. I am in a suit jacket with a shirt and tie on, cufflinks, the whole works, and naked from the waist down. I forgot to tell you how fashionable you are. <laughs> it is. Well, There's. I have a little mini bow tie on my penis right now. Oh, nice. Is that too much? Yeah, I don't want to see that. It's fancy. And no one wants to hear about that. He's fancy. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to move on to a story out of... Oddly enough, Florida. Yes. This could be our Florida Files. A church in Florida. Well, I tell you what, I'll let you do your job. Go ahead. New Hope Missionary Baptist Church in Tampa, Florida, abruptly canceled a man's funeral for one reason. He was gay. Our relationship wasn't really a secret. Everybody knew. The night before his husband's funeral, Kendall Capers was told the service was canceled. The pastor of New Hope Missionary Baptist Church in Tampa learned the pair were gay and the congregation was livid. Regardless of our, you know, our background, our sexual orientation, how can you wait that long and put somebody in a bind when they're going through their 
loss. Julian Evans, 42, died late last month of amyloidosis. Evans's family attends New Hope and wanted the funeral here. I felt it probably would have been best for him to be at the church. You know, his family grew up in the church. It just made sense. New Hope immediately said yes, but the invitation was abruptly revoked during the wake after the newspaper obituary named Capers as the surviving husband. Julian's mother was too upset to talk on camera, but told me that she was standing at her son's casket when the phone rang. The message, it would be blasphemous for her son's funeral to be held here at the church. New Hope's pastor, T.W. Jenkins, told me by phone that his church doesn't support gay marriage. He said, I try not to condemn anyone's lifestyle, but at the same time, I am a man of God and have to stand upon my principles. Initially, Jenkins agreed to an on-camera interview, but when I showed up, the door was locked. Pastor Jenkins, I'm still trying to reach you. This and he didn't answer my repeated calls. All of this leaves Capers sad and conflicted about religion. It's not like we woke up and said, let's, let's be gay. It's something we were born with, and we've dealt with it for me 40 years, him 42 years, and we make the best possible choices. Pastor Jenkins said he regrets that this decision was made the night before the funeral. He said he typically reviews obits before they published, but is on but was on vacation when this obituary ran in the newspaper. And I could hear it in his voice, Keith. He felt really bad for this family, but he says he still feels like he made the right decision because he has to stand by what he believes. I've heard a lot of listen <laughs> in the while preparing for each and every show. This is number forty-five now and most of which have had news clips in them, I've heard a lot of different news packages. I've put together a lot of packages for the show, and I can tell you that, without a doubt, that is the worst produced piece of shit I've ever heard. So, as an aside to the story that not, has nothing to do with the issue, it's that this particular Oklahoma news station needs to get their shit together. But hey, thanks for letting us use it. <laughs> but thank you so much. I think the most tragic thing about this story, of course, the church can do whatever they want. Um, you know, they can. I, I expect this from a church. I, I'm just going to be honest. But I, I think. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know that I do. But go ahead. I think that they shouldn't have waited until the day of the funeral to do this. Right. That's the most ridiculous thing about this story is that they were, you know, they're all grieving. This is a family that's grieving. They've lost somebody they love. And even though this church believes that this person is a sinner, that it would be blasphemous to participate in his funeral, he has people who love him who do not feel that way, who are not disgusted by his behavior, who love him no matter what. Well, and it's disgusting that they would call the mom the day of the funeral and say, yeah, listen, it would she, just be blasphemous to let this continue. She's standing next to his casket within the walls of the church yeah fucking complete bullshit here's here's my thing and this is why i disagree i don't think a church i wouldn't expect a church to do so is christianity views homosexuality as a sin would have they never held a funeral for someone who who murdered someone or who stole anything i guess everyone they've ever buried or had a service a funeral service for was blemish free 
was sinless. Apparently, everyone they've ever had a funeral for at that church was Jesus Christ. Well, and that's why I say I kind of expect it. I don't expect it from, you know, all churches, I guess, but I'm not surprised by it, I guess I should say, because homosexuality is such a hot button issue. You know, they ignore things like murder and, and those other commandments. Right now, it's the the homosexuality is a sin thing that they're focusing on. That's their big hot right. button issue. But it, but it, But it's a sin. Right. So to deny this man who's no longer alive... He's no longer a homosexual. He's a dead body. Yeah. You're burying a child of God. A child of God. Well, maybe his spirit is still a homosexual. Yeah, right? Is that what they think? I don't just, know. The, whoever the pastor of this church is, is a terrible, terrible person who'd caused an already grief-stricken family more fucking grief. So if you'd like to sound off the address of the church, if you want to send them a, a care package or a letter, is 3005, that's 3005 East Ellicott Street, Tampa, Florida, 33610. And if you'd like to leave the, the pastor a voicemail, although his philosophies are in the 1950s, I believe their technology is probably not in the 1950s, and he has voicemail. They might not have a voicemail, though. <laughs> if his philosophies and uh, ideologies are where his answering machine is, he probably doesn't. Yeah. So the phone number is 813-236-3611. That's 813-236-3611. So next on the docket is a story that Britney has been chomping at the bit. And for the record, it isn't chomping at the bit. It's champing at the bit to talk about. Yes, this story is out of uh, the San Francisco area, Fremont. More than 1,000 people have signed an online petition protesting the use of a controversial health education book in the Fremont Unified School District's ninth grade curriculum. So let's all remember that as I continue the story. Ninth grade. High school. Yes. The book titled Your Health Today is almost 400 pages long, and among the subjects includes information about bondage, orgasms, vibrators, along with explicit drawings and diagrams. The text also describes how to buy and use condoms and addresses masturbation, binge drinking, and shows sex organs in various stages of arousal. The school district's board president said, quote, our high school students today need all the tools they can have to arm themselves to make the best informed decisions. However, some parents feel that this is just pornography. Quote, it's a bit much for me. I'm not comfortable with my child. I I mean, wow, that's the graphics are extreme. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, that that's was really just thrown in the middle of that sentence for no reason. <laughs> They're very pornographic. The pictures are very explicit. So here's my take on this. <laughs> I'm ready. I think the audience is champing at the bit for your response. <laughs> I don't understand what is wrong with these parents. These are ninth graders. They are in high school. They're getting ready to get hopped up and make some bad decisions. It's just inevitable. It's on its way. And if I had a child, I would much rather my child learn about something from teachers, professionals, and textbooks. And a science textbook. Yeah, that have been written by professionals that are educated, academics, than their stupid idiot peers that are saying inaccurate things. 
I remember when I was in school, this is something that just sticks out to me. I'm sure everybody has these things where people have said something to you dumb and you just remember it for the rest of your life. I remember a kid said to me, um, I know what happens when girls get turned on. Their nipples get super hard. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it. That's what happens to women when they get super turned on. That guy was a sexual dynamo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knew it all. He could have benefited from this class. Right. Well, I think it's not just um, inaccurate information. It's also, you know, look, I, I lost my virginity when I was 17. Labor Day weekend. <laughs> Party time. In my 17th year. And I remember thinking that I was super late to the party. Because all of my friends, oh, yeah, I lost 12, yeah, 13, 14, oh, yeah, yeah. I've been, and it's it's complete, looking back, I know, complete fucking bullshit. I, I mean, most guys I know, most, the vast majority, lost their virginity within six months of me. Yeah. On either side. Yeah. So, well, I'll say this. Relative to this issue, whether or not these parents are stupid or not, they have a right. And as long as... I don't think that the textbook should be completely removed. I think it's fine. Because it's it's fact. It's based on fact and science and data. and re It's real. It's real life. But if a parent wants to exclude their child from such education that they find harmful or they don't agree with, I think that's okay. And they are allowed to withdraw their child from the teaching. So that's fine. Keep the book, but just let those parents, you know, fuck up their kids in their own way. Yeah. And I didn't lose my virginity until I was an adult. I won't get into specific ages because I don't want people knowing about my sitch. <laughs> but I had started listening to Loveline when I was around 12 years old and Loveline was the show with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew mm -hmm. and you know, it's had different hosts throughout the years and they talk about everything on there. I mean, I heard stories about vaginas, dildos, orgasms, people who can't orgasm, uh, sex toys stuffed inside of people for 10 years. Who yeah. Are lost. <laughs> anal sex. I mean, I heard about, everything on that show so the good stuff you're saying yeah and <laughs> it didn't encourage me to you know participate in promiscuous behaviors and in fact most people from the past have mentioned to me that they remember me being kind of an authority on these matters and kind of teaching them about things so i actually used my knowledge from loveline and these students will likely use their knowledge to, you know, help their peers with accurate information. And I think that's better than a bunch of, you know, dorky kids trying to figure things out by sneaking a couple peeks at videos of porn on the Internet or right. the Playboy that they are hiding under their mattress. That's an awesome point. Parents generally just need to be a little bit more relaxed, just based on the fact, just strictly based on the fact that their kids are going to have sex. Nothing you can do as a parent is going to stop that raging inferno of hormones from making headway into your child's brain. Yeah. They're, they're going to fucking have sex. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. You want them to be well-equipped to make the best possible decisions Absolutely. when they start engaging in those behaviors. I mean, you want them to be knowledgeable about how to buy and use condoms. That's in that textbook. You want them to know about binge drinking. It's also going to tell them about that in the textbook. Um, it's important for people to know about their parts and how their parts work. No one should feel ashamed about their sexuality. And it's a weird culture that we're still living in where we need to be like, hush, hush about it and not talk about it. It's biology. It's just like taking a biology class. Well, it's, it's, it's the same thing. I have the same criticism of like the abstinence only movement, which abstinence is an absolute great thing that we should, we, we should for sure teach in class. It's not the only thing we should teach. We should also teach about condoms and all the other things. I think probably the most important thing we should teach children growing up in science is that their prefrontal cortex does not mature, some people say, until like 25. So any mind-altering substance, especially marijuana and alcohol, that you put in your body is going to stunt the growth and sometimes completely stop the growth of your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that, what's it do? It's responsible for the executive functions, thinking, analyzing, planning. Right. So That's if, why teenagers are so bad at those things. Right. And, and <laughs> I've heard, I've actually, speaking of Dr. Drew, I've heard Dr. Drew talk about it. And he, he says that the part of your brain that's supposed to be making those, those tough decisions and planning and making wise choices is switched off. And it's 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 segmented over to your pleasure center is that part of the brain makes those decisions. So that's why teenagers are fucking stupid and they make stupid decisions and they do terrible things because the pleasure center of their brain is making decisions for them rather than the decision part of their brain. Yeah, and that's why adult influences are so important. Parents yes. molding their behavior, giving them rules, and teaching them about facts. And about science, and about data, and about real fucking things. Yeah, because if you, if you hide these things from them, and, you know, I just imagine the parents that are opting their kids out of this education, well, they're going to be hearing it from their friends that are involved in it anyway. So, oh, my God. They're going to see a drawing of a semi-turgid penis? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like we the one on that. their body? Right. They've seen a hard-on. They've masturbated. Every single fucking morning that they wake up, they've seen a hard-on. All of those ninth grade boys have masturbated. Yes. And if they haven't, they've at least had a nocturnal emission because as Dr. Drew says, if you don't take it out, God will take it out for you. Right. Well, all right. We're turning this into the fucking Dr. Drew show. Yeah, we are. When we want it He's to my be, hero. We want it to be the Brittany and Jesse show. Yeah. Speaking of the Brittany and Jesse show, how was that for a segue, huh? That was perfect. Fucking magical. Uh, we've got a new segment on the show, and I tell you what, we're going to let the promo speak for itself. Taking care of biz. So every week or so, I will select a story where I feel that someone was taking care of biz. That's right. At least... Once every other episode. Yes. Maybe every episode. We don't know yet, but... It depends on how many people I can find that are taking care of biz. It's, well, I tell you that this is how the segment started is uh, we have the taken care of biz moniker that Brittany says all the time has really caught on. All of our fucking friends 
say, talk about taking care of biz. Yeah. And people love it. They also love that. It, it's it's funny that it's Britney's little idiosyncrasies and the things that she says that catch on. Not my dumbass. Nothing that I say fucking resonates with anyone. <laughs> it's only Britney. Oh, that's not true. So what is the inaugural taking care of biz story? A woman is facing multiple charges for allegedly setting her husband on fire in their home after suspecting he had been molesting her seven-year-old daughter. Wow. That, this actually might be the ultimate taken care of biz. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to compete with this story. She said, did she just light his pants on fire? How'd it go down? Well, this 40-year-old woman was seen buying gasoline from a gas station. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> And according to police, she poured gasoline all over her sleeping husband, he's 52 years old, and proceeded to light him on fire. Well, if he is more than just an alleged child molester, and he is, in fact, a child molester, then this is maybe the only justice that, that, that would be justified, if you will is lighting them the fuck on fire. So her husband put out the flames and then drove to a nearby convenience store where he exclaimed, I'm on fire, even though, as this article <laughs> notes, he was clearly not on fire anymore. <laughs> he then reportedly said, my wife did it before passing out. And I'll put a picture up on the Facebook page. There's actually footage of him in the convenience store passed out on the ground. <laughs> and when... The wife who set him on fire was questioned by the police. She admitted to the crime and reasoned that, quote, shooting him was too nice for hurting her daughter, who is his stepdaughter. Goddamn right. He is still in intensive care at the hospital and is facing charges of first-degree molestation while the woman is in jail for arson and assault. Which leads me to believe and should lead you to believe that there is credibility to her claims. If he is in jail post barbecue then he there's fucking the police had evidence to put him there yeah it's this article says detectives said they are recommending that phillips be charged with first degree child molestation fucking awesome so in addition to his scars that he will see for the rest of his life and know why he has those scars he's going to be in jail or hopefully yeah and of course i don't want to condone this kind of violence but well you you can go ahead and not condone it but if someone that's... <laughs> but I want to say, I want to say that this is just what can happen because we create relationships with other human beings. We love other human beings. And when you hurt someone that someone loves in this way, especially a child, people break. That's exactly right. And I think that this woman you know, should get a fair shot at, you know, an insanity plea or some something around that because he hurt her child. The, the problem with an insanity plea, the way I understand it, is that it's cr like crime of passion that you, you didn't think you just fucking lashed out spur of the moment. The problem with that is um, she went to a gas station. She bought gas. She had time to cool down. It wasn't in the... And I'm what not if saying, that all happened in like a five-minute spree? She was maybe, just like hurried in and marched in and got the gas and then marched back home. Where where did this story take place? Renton, Washington. Oh, Seattle. Nice. I should... I tell you what. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to have Jeremy and Christy at Nerd Out Loud Podcast 
they are going to hopefully follow up on this story for us and let us know what takes place because this is right in their fucking backyard. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have some updates. That'll be nice. But she, I don't know. I I mean, look, I think she's justified. I think the guy needs to die. He is harming her offspring. He has the fucking temerity, the gall, the fucking the the. The, the the evil in his heart to do this, fuck him. You know what? I don't care. I don't care if he would have died. It's fine. So that's it. That is the episode. Fuck, this has been a long one. This has been a great one. So we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up there. Listen, I haven't mentioned Amazon in over an hour. <laughs> and I want to say that if you're going to spend your money anyway at Amazon.com, go to dollamore.com and follow the link from there where you can buy a book or some pants that you could mail to that lady from Oklahoma. I'm sure I'm sure she would appreciate it since she's short at least one pair. As always, we love you for listening. We really appreciate you, even those who disagree. If you have something to say, if you have, you want to sound off to the show, don't hesitate anonymously or not to text or call 657-464-7609. That is our number. Go to the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, and interact with the Facebook page. We really appreciate it. And I haven't mentioned this in a long time. I would love it. We would very much appreciate it. If you haven't yet rated and reviewed the show on iTunes or through whatever mechanism you listen to the show, please do. It goes a long way toward bumping us up in the new and noteworthy section on iTunes and through other formats. So we, uh, we would greatly appreciate it, and we would be forever in your debt. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. You just thought I have a dirty butthole. Okay, I for sure think you have a dirty butthole. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.